called Elkanah. You can read it, but I just want to tell you the story. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 1. There was a man called Elkanah who has two wives. The, number, the name of one was Hannah and the name of the other was Penina. And the Bible says that Penina has kids, but Hannah didn't have kids. And according to the law of, of God given to Moses, it was needed at least one time per year to go to the sacrifice, to the place of the sacrifice to the Lord. This place was called Shiloh to offer size, to offer, offer, offer size, to give sacrifice to the Lord as an expiation for our sins. So according to the law, at least one time per year, this man called Elkanah will, took, will take their two wives, their sons, and go to this place. But the Bible says that Hannah couldn't have kids. How many know this story? Do you know the story? Hannah couldn't have kids. And the Bible talks about that Penina was her rival. And Hannah was sad. Hannah didn't. Hannah couldn't eat. San, Hannah was crying all the time because she wanted to be a mother. And at that point in history, she couldn't be a mother yet. But she wanted to be a mother so bad. The Bible talks about four questions that Elkanah, her beloved husband, asked Hannah. The question number one was, Hannah, why do you cry? Hannah, why is your heart troubled? Question number three, Hannah, why are you not eating? And the question number four, you can read it in the Bible. The question number four is, Hannah. It was Elkanah talking, Hannah. I am not better to you than ten sons. Listen, you can have the best pastors in the world. You can have the best boss in the world. You can have the best daddy in the world. But if you don't fulfill the calling of God in your life, the purposes of life which He has created you, you will feel frustrated. You have a calling. And I believe that tonight the alarm is going off of so many people in this room. You have a calling of God. He has called you. He has set you apart for such a time as this. I believe that God is raising up a generation who's not going to be compliant into this world. But it's going to go and seek the name which is above every other name. Which is the name of Jesus Christ. Only three people. I need one, one volunteer. Jin, 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 jin. Come on here. Yeah. What's your name, honey? Anna. Anna. Can we give a clap for Anna? Okay. Could you put the, the... I want you to take one of the bags very quickly and open up. I want you to open. Could you, could you open it for her? Look at me for a second while they prepare. You have a calling in your life. The Bible talks about destiny. The Bible talks about purposes. You're not an accident. You're so loved by God to the point that He said, I love you so much that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give my son for all of you. For not to perish, but to have everlasting life. And I believe that the Lord is raising up a generation who will take the gospel of Jesus Christ out of the streets 
who will take the name of Jesus out of the streets. I believe that we are in such a time like this. If you are in this room, I believe that you are hungry for God. If you stay till this hour, it's because you're hungry for God. You don't want to get comfort in what, what the things look like. You need. You say, God, I need you. God, I believe in you. But if you believe in the word of God, you got to believe that you have a calling in your life. You got to believe that God has set you apart for a purpose in this earth. Are you with me? All right. Can you open those two? Thank you so much. So what do you see in this? Could you tell me very quickly, what do you see in the, in the baggage? What do you see? Nothing. Oh, my God. Are you really, really, you don't see nothing? Are you, are you really, 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 really sure? Can you say it one more time with like screaming? Do you see something? No. Nothing. Nothing. And what do you see in this box? Come on, very quick. Pillow, blankets. Very quick. And another blanket. Okay. What do you see in this box? It's all random. There's books, there's shoes, there's bags, there's boxes. Is these things yours? No. Okay. So we have three kind of persons. Look at me for a second. We got three kind of person. Person number one, the baggage number one, means the kind of persons that live through all the stuff. Memories, things from others. It means the kind of person that live for somebody else calling. It means the kind of person who live for somebody else promises. It means the kind of person that are stuck in the past. Are stuck in, 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 in past glories, are stuck in, in, in past promises. It means that kind of person that you say, Why is the Lord speaking to you? And they say, Well, in 1992, the Lord gave me this word, and what about you now? I don't have any word. That kind of person, they're stuck in the past, they live from for for destiny for other people they leave destiny for the for for their friends they don't have they don't they don't know that they have their own calling are you with me the number two the baggage number two it's a pillow and things to sleep this person number two this type of person they believe that they have calling they believe that they have destiny they believe that they have purpose inside of them but they are sleeping And they said, it's too late. God won't do it. Look, look at me. I'm so old right now. I have 40, I have 30, or I'm too young. But they're sleeping. They believe that they have a calling. They believe that one day the Lord spoke to them and gave them a word and gave them a prophetic word. And they opened the Bible and they saw the word of God coming alive in their life. But they let the, the circumstances fail them. Let, let, let them, let, let, they let the disappointments, the circles of the test, take over them. The bag is number three. When I asked her what she, she, she saw, and she said, no. She said, nothing. This kind of person believe that they have nothing. They kind of person believe that they're not good enough. They kind of person believes that they have nothing to offer. They look at themselves and they say, could something, could something come up good out of me? Lord, look at my past. Look where I come from. Look at my family. Look at what they done to me. Look what I did. Look at my past. I have nothing to offer. I don't see nothing. There's nothing here. Woo, are you with me? 
Can we give a clap for this? Those two, those three? Yes, thank you. We're good. I don't know in which bag do you think you are. But I believe that tonight the Lord wants to awaken the destiny inside of you. I believe that the Lord has set you apart. I believe if you are in this place tonight, there is something that God wants to do in your life. I believe that there is an anointing that breaks the yoke. I believe that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead to give you an anointing, to give you purpose. And Father, right now, I'm going to pray for you for fire. Could I have someone help you? Would you stand your hands for her? And she volunteered. She said, hey! She didn't hesitate. Look at me. She didn't hesitate. She said, God, send me. God, I want to go. I want to go. Use me. Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that as you were fast to say yes, that the Lord will use you with signs and wonders and prophetic anointing and a breakthrough and fire of God in the name of Jesus. Oh, more, Father. Give her more, God. Give her more, God. Give her more, God. <sighs> Awaken that in the name of Jesus. Awaken her calling. Awaken her destiny, God. Whew. I have two friends that they want to share their testimony. You know, we, we are from CFNI. And I love that place. I am a minister from 16, 17 years old. I, pre I preach all around and be a youth pastor. But when I, when I get to CFNI, Christ for the Nations Institute, the Lord really touched my heart. The Lord took so many things out of me that I didn't know that were there. Really, that place has a legacy. I'm telling you, that place, I want, whew, that place has a legacy. I have two friends who want to tell testimonies. Could it come up here? Yes. And then I have Katie. Thank you, thank you. Can we give her a round of applause real quick? All right. My name is uh, S.I.E. Garcia. S.I.E. like the three letters, you know, because you don't, you don't want to struggle while you say it. It's super simple. But I'm not here to tell you about my name. Um, my message is quick and consists of Philippians 4.19. So I'm going to read that real quick for you. I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. All right. My testimony is short and simple. Um, December 6th, 6, 11 p.m. I wrote it down. Yes, I have it in my notes and everything. I'll never forget this day. Uh, I worked at H&M, and uh, I was at the counter. Raise your hand if you like H&M. Who shops there? Cool clothes. I know. <laughs> I worked at the counter, and uh, my phone's going off like crazy. My phone just keeps going off and off and off and on. And then I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? Why is my phone going off so much? So I finally get on my break and uh, I check my phone and I have this call from my coworker, this sweet uh, old lady called and named Sonia. I worked at a school. I had two jobs before H&M. I worked at an after school program. Um, and she calls me. She says, hey, Mr. S. Remember, because S-I-E, like the three letters. So they call me Mr. S. She said, hey, Mr. S., I didn't want to tell you this, but there's a radio station that helps 
people in need sometimes. And I thought to myself, I'm not in need. God provides for me all the time. And before all this happened, I had been asking God, God, I'm, I'm just so comfortable all the time. I have two jobs. Like, you provide for me by giving me work. My parents taught me the value of work. My parents worked very hard to get me to see if and I. So I wanted to work so that I could, you know, ease the bills on them. So I got two jobs and I thought to myself, I'm always so comfortable and it's always so easy for me to receive and put my trust in God. But I thought, is it true? Is this a genuine trust in God? Or am I just falling back on the fact that my parents can financially support me? And I always prayed, God, God, just, I don't know what, just help me convince myself that my faith is not a faith for my parents. That is not a faith that I'm walking, that they have given and passed down to me. But it is the faith that I have experienced myself. So I get this phone call and she says, Mr. S, I didn't want to tell you this um, unless it happened. But this radio station is trying to reach you. This woman named Stacy is trying to call you. Please call her back. So I'm on my break. I'm at Chick-fil-A. I'm trying to get some food really quick. I'm trying to eat because I'm hungry. And then I'm calling Stacy and I'm like, all right, it's ringing and it's ringing. And finally, Stacy answers. Stacy says, hey, are you SIE? And I say, yes. What can I do for you? She says, Miss Sonia told us about your story. She says you're working two jobs and uh, that you're going to school for the ministry. And I felt led by the Spirit to just bless you with $1,500. Praise God, right? Everybody say prayer and provision. Prayer and provision. Those are the two things that I've experienced. Two of the many things that I've experienced at CFNI. I prayed and I asked God, God, help me see that you're my provider, not through my parents, but another way. And God provided to me. Even when I had, he abundantly went the mile extra for me. Who here knows that God will go the mile extra for you? If you just ask God, you will receive and you will receive abundantly. So I'm just here to tell you, prayer and provision. Those are the two things that I experienced and I learned at CFNI. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> My name is Katie, and I am originally from Las Vegas, and I lived a lot of life out there. I was raised in church. My grandparents have a church. My parents were pastors. We were on the mission field when I was little, and... I grew up knowing a lot about God, but, you know, a lot of uh, pastor's kids, they experience this pressure that you're just, there's a lot of expectation on you, and I felt that myself, and I just felt like I was expected to already know how to operate with God, how to, how to live in Him, and because I really didn't have a clue, I became really good at faking my way through it, and my heart genuinely wanted to know but I had too much pride to ask, honestly. And so really what that led to was me never really understanding God and understanding his purpose and his plan for me and um, knowing all of the stories of the miracles and the things in the supernatural that my family had seen. I was looking for that in my life and there was no evidence of it and I couldn't figure out why. And that's frustrating. 
So it essentially led to me kind of giving up and saying, okay, well, I'm going to stop looking for it. And that meant I wasn't fixed on Jesus. I wasn't looking at the cross and I was looking at the world and trying to fill whatever was missing in every way possible. And so when I came to CFNI two years ago, I came with a lot of baggage that I had buried very deeply and was kind of okay with staying buried. I thought I could just kind of skate by and I knew that the Lord definitely had things for me there, but he really exceeded my expectation beyond what I was even capable to comprehend. And kind of like Ellie mentioned, my first year was all foundation and a lot of it I had known because of having so much experience in church, but God really wanted to come in and fill the holes that were in my foundation so that I could even walk on solid ground. And then just like she said, second year was an absolute meat grinder in all of the best ways. And God began to really just show me that there were things that he wanted to touch. There were things that he wanted to come in and heal for me. And I didn't even know how to let him do that. I mean, that in itself, it sounds so easy, but I'm a very practical person. And what does that mean to let God heal something for you? How do you give that to him? I really didn't know, but I began a journey of, of healing and coming into identity and ending with absolute freedom, freedom from addiction, with drugs, with alcohol, with self-harm, with unforgiveness. I mean, so many, so many areas that I didn't even realize I needed freedom in some of those places. I honestly thought that it was my struggle that, that either it was something I had to fix. That's what I knew. I knew that I had to fix. And what I came to realize and what I came to understand about God is he never intended for us to try and fix anything by ourselves. 